Well, good morning, everybody. Did you come expecting to hear from heaven? Yes, I did too. I did too. It's important that you come with excitement and expectation because that's part of your faith waiting to hear something from God. It is important that this is an appointment you cannot miss. You're making an appointment with the great king. And I'm not talking about me. (laughs) We are kings and priests because of the anointing of Christ that's upon us. But when he walks in the room, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We come here and we offer gifts to him. We offer gifts, our tithes and offering. We offer these gifts to him. And this is what you've got to understand. You're not coming here just to see a band. You're not coming here just to hear me. You've got to become more spiritual than that. You have to be in the spirit. Jesus himself, through the uh, writings in Colossians, says, walk in the spirit. That meaning walk in the spirit means live in the spirit. We understand that we have in the book of Romans a fight that we are going to fight all our lives here is that we have a mind of the flesh and a mind of the spirit. And so what he's saying is, say, take heed to the mind of the spirit. Amen? So when you come in here, just like I said before, it's very important for you to understand you're worshiping the king of kings. There will be a day when you'll stand before him. There will be a day when we will all be around the throne and we aren't just going to be standing there. I promise you. (laughs) You are going to be like David when he was said, well, look, you made a fool of yourself up there. And you know what? Guess what? David said, I'll be more undignified than that. You're not going to just be swaying to the music. You're going to be jumping, screaming at the top of your lungs. You are going to have your hands lifted. You are going to run around the auditorium. (laughs) You're going to just be exploding with love toward him. And I'll tell you what, this isn't practice. This is the real thing. Because you've got to understand that that is what he said. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. It's his spirit here. Holy Spirit is here. And we honor him. We worship him. I found this in my Bible, believe it or not. It says this. Fear the Lord, you his saints, and revere and worship him. For there is no want for those who truly revere and worship him in godly fear. Selah. Think on that. That's what that means. In your Bible, when you're reading the book of Psalms, it says, Selah, even though that's our granddaughter's name. And she is a card, I'm telling you. (laughs) Pause and think on that. Revere him, worship him with godly fear. And when you do that, the Bible declares there'll be no want. So if we're always saying, I want, I need, I want, I need, well, we're going after the wrong thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things that come unto you. It says right here, maybe we need to practice this. Worshiping him in spirit and truth. Worship him in godly fear. And when we do that, there'll be no want. There'll be no want. 
See, because he knows all our thoughts. He knows the intentions of our heart. You know, you can't hide anything from him. And so what we ought to do is just get a reset. huh? Let's get a reset. I mean, I heard you guys singing today, which is always just exciting for me. But we need this place filled up with everybody singing at the top of their lungs. And so I'm charging you to be inviters. Be inviters. Uh, How many were here last Sunday? Well, just like we always do, this message is going to build off of that one. And we understood that our greatest appointment is yet in the future. Our greatest appointment is yet in the future where we will stand before him. We will look right into his eyes. (laughs) And when he looks into your eyes, the Bible declares he's got eyes like fire. And we're going to read a scripture when the ancient of days comes and said the earth and the sky fled away from him. This is who you have living inside of you if you're born again. And how do we tap into that? We continually exercise the mind of the spirit. Can I say the mind of the spirit? And it's up to us to train ourselves with that. Jesus said, my words are spirit and truth. So if you're into spirit and truth, which we should be, we're going to read his word. We're going to cause that word not just to be hearers, but we're going to be then doers. And that's how the word becomes flesh in you. And I want more of it. Amen. But we under, I want you to take a look at this. If you have your Bibles here, turn to Romans chapter 14, verse 10. This greatest day of our lives is yet in the future. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. I don't need to turn it. I have it written right here. It's just a habit. (laughs) This is really important for us to understand because this is going to be so true. Everybody there, good. I hear it. For we shall stand all. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us shall give an account of himself to God. That's why I say the greatest day for us is yet future. We talked last week about how to prepare ourselves for this day. And it's great that Jason had gone on about stewardship because this whole thing is about stewardship. 1 Corinthians brings this out again. It'll be up on the, on the screen here. Each one, <clears throat> once again, you're not going to be holding the tails of your mother, holding the tails of your spouse and saying, I'm going to try to make it in on that. No, each one will give an account. Each one will give an account. Each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. No other foundation can anyone lay, which has already been laid, which is Christ Jesus. We talked last week. It says sometimes our, our motivation is incorrect. Sometimes we're just dragging to go do it just because, well, that's what you're supposed to do. 
motivation of your heart is everything. And this is why we want you to, when you find yourself there, that's a blessing from God. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord, for pointing that out. Holy Spirit, come and make this work out right. Readjust what's crooked in me. And then that way you're amazing. It's, that's actually seeking first the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God. So Jesus Christ is our foundation. If anyone builds on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will be revealed by fire. If anyone's work, which he has built on, it endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. That day, our, like we said last week, the pastoral staff here and the core team here wants you to be rewarded with a full reward. Full reward. So what we're doing here, we've said before, we're teaching so that you can stand when difficult times come. Because difficult times are here right now. And Jesus declares it's going to get worse. Okay? But we fear not, because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the Word, in the world. And if we're in the Word, you're going to be strengthened and empowered. He's our deliverer. I love that song. Thank you, Mary, for writing those songs. Just exciting. It's exciting. We will be rewarded by the works we've done in faith, motivated by love, in obedience to Him. Our God is generous, and He wants to richly reward us. And this theme is not a, just a passing theme. Jesus emphasized this in the New Testament over 50 times. It's a kingdom principle that we must understand. We can't let this just kind of escape us. And it's not just a carrot in front of your face to go chase it. It goes back to motivation once again. Motivation. See, you have been born anew. You're born again. If you're a Christian, you're born again. You have a spirit that has been awakened to God and been entwined with God himself. The essence of God is in you. This is a combination that is a mystery for sure, but yet you can operate in this blessing. It's a foundational principle. God is, is he's moved by your faith. He's actually, he's, he's excited and pleased with it. That's why you come to church with great expectation of hearing from God. That is operating in your faith. Oh, God's going to speak to me today. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have my ears tuned up. I'm excited. I'm going to sit on the edge of my seat and see what he says. And listen, if God corrects you, you should thank him. The conviction, listen carefully, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is good. Now, the devil will try to twist that to make you feel condemned. You're not condemned. There is no, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. 
That's where we live. We live here. We live here. But this is what he's, look at Hebrews eleven six. A lot of us know this. It's for he who comes to God must believe that he exists and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's why we can say that mine and yours greatest event is yet future. When we stand before Jesus, it's going to be potentially a glorious day for ourselves. Amen? Or it could be heartbroken, filled with regret. This is why we can't pass things up. And because these rewards are eternal... Listen, here's what I believe. I haven't done this right. I haven't done it perfect, but I'm gaining ground on it. Amen? And I'm in the same boat you are. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I want a full reward. And, you know, there's going to be times where Jesus said, you missed this opportunity. Oh, doggone it. And just, ah, it's not like he's going to point it in your face. But, we, we, listen, we'll miss a reward. I don't want to miss any of them. I want the fullness. And I want you to have the fullness. I'm serious. We want you to have a boatload of blessing. And I'm telling you, it's, it's an eternal deal. It's totally eternal. We, we talked last week that as we stand in front here, we'll turn to Daniel chapter 7. It's not on the outline. or the, We don't have an outline anymore. Thank you, PowerPoint. It's right after Ezekiel. If you have a 1995 New American Standard Bible. (laughs) Where are the pages here? I don't even know if there's pages. Yeah, 906. We're going to take Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. This is, this is so exciting because when you read stuff out of the Bible, you, you should operate your imagination as being there, seeing it. Because that's spiritual, and the key with spirituality is that it's more real than this. This will pass away. Everything you and I see here will pass away. All things will become new. But before that day happens, there's going to be a time where you and I will stand in front of the king himself. And what we want to do is prepare you for that moment. We want you to be ready, prepared, knowledgeable of it, knowing that it's going to happen. We don't want you to be clueless when you get to heaven. We want you to fit right in. (laughs) Okay, this is working. I remember that day, oh my gosh, praise and worship. It was just like the back of Community Life Church. <laughs> you got it? Look what it says here. I kept looking until thrones were set up. That's a whole study that I want to touch on too. Thrones will set up. Keep that in your mind because we're going to touch on it later. I kept looking until thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Oh, his vesture was like white snow. 
His hair on his head was pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out of it before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. And the court sat, and books were opened. Books were opened. I want you to understand on that day, books will be opened in front of you. Books will be opened. And then the most important book is the book of life. Your name has to be in there or it's a disaster. And these are forever, forever and ever. Look at verse 18. We're talking about rewards here. We're talking about being a steward of what God has given us. Look at verse 18, 18, 18. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever until all ages to come. So you, I want us to understand what's at stake in our Christian walk. What's at stake right here, right now, in your daily life, in my daily life? Again, it's going to be a potential glorious day to be rewarded by a generous king. Or it'll be a day of regret. We don't want that. Amen? We want you to be ready for this. We want you to be prepared. We don't want you to be caught off guard. And it's going to be really important. Because what's at stake and I'll have these scriptures come up. What is at stake here for us, for you and I? Is, is it just that we can scoot and cruise anything and do what we want, and then all of a sudden, well, I'm Christian, and then you think you're going to be, you might be in, but as through fire and everything burned up. It has to do with your heart motivation. It, that's a spiritual reality. And we said difficult times were going to be coming. Difficult times are going to be coming. And these are all marked in my Bible, and I, I love it, and I have to read it over and over again. Uh, I'm going to, the first scripture is coming up here, Revelation 21, verse 7. You don't have to turn here. We're going to have it. It says, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelation chapter 2. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. What's at stake? We're looking at it right here, right now. The next scripture, Revelation 3.21. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And this Daniel scripture, I have it up here. It's going to come up, isn't it? Yeah, look at it. Just to remind us. But the saints of the highest one will receive a kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. The joy of the Godhead is that we all live as overcomers. And you, you know why? He, he, you and I have the ability to do it because 
you and I have been placed in the kingdom. The power of God rests within us. The fire from the altar of God rests within you. That's why you have to have the mind of the Spirit so you can understand these things, operate in these things. This is a spiritual reality. Our fight is not with flesh and blood. Our fight is with spiritual entities. That's why you pray for your enemies. Bless those who curse you. This is important. And that's, guess what? Jesus says if you give a cup of cold water to one of his little ones, you're going to get a reward. So I suppose if you're praying for these people who are your enemies, he's writing that down in the books that were open. And you're, what does he say? He says you'll be called a son and daughter of God. And you got to pray with the right attitude. Lord God, cause them to burn in hell. That's not the prayer to pray. <laughs> because they're motivated by spiritual entities themselves. Do you understand that they want to take over the world? Do you understand that this is what's going to happen? This is, this is the elite global mindset. That's why you're getting pumped with trash on, this, on almost every media outlet. It's to conform you to the image they want you to be. And this is the image that God wants you to be. But what did it say in Daniel? Who's getting the kingdom? <laughs> we are. <laughs> Let them mess up all they want. <laughs> Pray for them. But it's going to be handed to them. They're working so hard to get it. <laughs> all we have to do is be overcomers. Amen? You know, this is what's going to happen. We're going to stand before Christ. And he's, he's going to really, he's going to take in the account for us how we responded in this life to him through the giftings we had, to the opportunities we had, to the abilities we had, and to the leading of the Holy Ghost. This is, this is why we have to be in tune with what God is asking us to do and live our lives as stewards, not owners. We're going to go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. This is a well-known... I tried to get here last week, but didn't work. I hope we get through this all, and I think we can. Do you understand that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is resting on you right now? This, this room is filled with his presence, and what he's doing is if you have an open heart to him, he's doing surgery, so to speak. Yeah, me too. He's doing heart surgery. Yes. You already had a blood transfer. You're bought with the blood of Christ. You have different DNA. Don't ever say, well, this kind of runs in my family. Do you know what I have? This kind of runs in my family. You can walk through walls and stuff like that. <laughs> 
In 1 John, it says that if you follow his word, the evil one touches you not. Mary's song was that he's our delivery. He raises up high above the enemy. Then we, what do we want to do? Too many people, Christians, are just looking to hear, oh, no, oh, no, this and that, this and that, this and that, this and that. Oh, he did that. Oh, she did that. Oh, no, no, no. Who are you following? Those people or Jesus Christ? I'll take what Jesus said about me over anybody else. Let them talk. Matthew 25. Jesus, this is a parable that he's speaking because the disciples thought the kingdom of God was going to come right away as soon as he rode in on the donkey into Jerusalem. And he's helping them understand. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. 2,000 years later, we're, he's still away. You and I are these people. He who received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts. This is standing at the judgment seat of Christ. This is the judgment. And he who received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I've made five more talents. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Reward given. If you look at Luke, 19th chapter, Jesus goes on a little more precise and says, I will make you ruler over ten cities. kingdom is ours what we do with what we've been given matters and then he says enter the joy of your master kind of sounds like revelation he did the tree of life which is in the paradise of god paradise of god he's going to give us some hidden manna we're going to drink from the, the spring of the water of life And he also, who had two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I'll set you over much. Again, in Luke, it says, I'll give you five cities to rule. Enter the joy of your master. Eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. <laughs> Given some hidden manna, drink from the spring of water of life. And he who also had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what's yours. But his master said to him, you wicked and slothful servant. 
You knew, I reap where I have not sown and gather or I scattered no seed. Then you ought to put invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him. Give it to him who has ten talents. Here it is. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has been given shall be taken away. And then cast that worthless servant into the outer darkness, into a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We look at this parable, and there's tremendous promise to it. Tremendous promise of rewards. And there's also a, an ominous, sober warning to us for burying our talent and putting it in the ground. And these, again, are eternal. You're not going to change Jesus' mind. I mean, his mercy endures forever, but there's a time where that's the end and there's no more. Now you're going to be judged for what you've done. And we want you to understand and ask the Holy Spirit, help your heart to have the right motive. Help me to have the, the excitement of what I'm in. That moment that I'm in, Lord, what are you doing here? Teach me, show me, reveal to me. See, it's a spiritual reality that we're breaking into and learning about because there's probably 50, 60 angels in here. And do you know you still have an angel just because you grew up, they don't leave you? <laughs> and you have a great cloud of witnesses all over you. That, you that, that ought to strike a little fear in our hearts, amen? Who's watching? Yikes. <laughs> help me, Holy Spirit. See, you go right back for help. Help me, Holy Spirit. As soon as you do that, you're seeking the kingdom of God first. All these other things will be added to you. But, you know, the talents here are portrayed as money. And then the master goes away for a long time. But who gave them the money? The master. And so let's do this. Let's, let's, instead of us thinking of possessions, uh, think of it as your life. And he's looking to see what you're going to do with what you have been given. And then he's going to settle accounts, amen? <laughs> Your life is an entrustment. We, Jason, he didn't know what I was going to preach. You're a steward of what you, who you are. You're a steward of who you are. Everything. He owns everything. If you're a Christian, you're bought by the blood of Christ. If you're not a Christian, you're a child of the devil, but we can take care of that today. Because Jesus says, even if you're possessed, he says, if I cast the devil out with the finger of God, then the kingdom of heaven's among you. When you hear those crazy stories in your own head about how worthless you are and what a stupid thing you've done and this and that and you know, if they're condemning you and it's all in the past, covered by the blood of Christ. There you go. Okay. And here's the thing. Do you see yourself as an owner or a steward? Because that's all the difference. 
If you think you can do anything with your own time, your own life, do things your way, you think you're an owner. And that's dangerous. And, and so I want, let's just examine ourselves right now. I mean, the Holy Spirit is here. He knows your heart. He knows everything you've done. Uh, this would, just close your eyes and ask him, you know, reveal to me, Lord, am I an owner? Am I acting like I'm an owner? Or am I a steward? Uh, because I want to be a steward because when I, when I do things, I want to have the right heart motive. First of all, I want to do it for you and your glory. Let's just check ourselves. Because I know right now, all of us are going to say, yep, I, I was acting like I'm an owner there. Yep, oh boy, yep. And we, we have to remember what's at stake. What's at stake? He brings thanks to our remembrance, and this is where you lay it on the altar and ask him, help me, Lord, here. Holy Spirit, I need your help here. Or I need your comfort here. I, I need direction here. You're asking God for direction? You think you're going to get it? You will. You will. I think we all need to ask the Holy Ghost for more help. You know, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna take a look. At, no matter how big or how small things are, listen, he's going he's gonna to check you out on your gifting, your abilities, and the opportunities. He's even going to look at your struggles and difficulties. Our struggles and difficulties. How did I go through that, Lord? Our whole life, God has a plan for you. It's all, it's a, the Bible declares that before you were born, he wrote every day out in his book. We want to match it up, don't we? Glory to God. And you've got to do that by asking him. Be more aware of the Spirit's presence because you are a spirit. You're not this body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And the Holy Ghost is who you're going to connect with by your spirit. Christianity is more spiritual than people think. There's too many dead churches that aren't alive to the truth of this. But God has given us certain abilities he, he's, or lack of abilities. Let's be true. Physical abilities, spiritual abilities, emotional, economic, family situations. You might have grown up in a great family. But you might have grown up in a family that was difficult or even destructive. Everybody's unique. Everybody is unique. Everybody has a unique assignment by God. And he's going to combine all these things throughout the decades, and he's going to say, how did you respond to me during those times? Did we call for help? Did we ask him for help? Did we crucify our flesh during these things, or did you let him have it? Ooh. And he's going to say, I want you to respond to me according to the circumstances that you're in in life. 
And you and I can't look at another person and judge them because all the things that they've gone through, all the difficulties, we don't know. You don't know what that person went through. And you know what? When we judge somebody, usually we're judging them by our strengths. Let's just have mercy. Show them mercy. And encouragement. Because we don't want somebody to just lay in their, wallow in their trouble because they have the Holy Ghost in them. He's the, if you wallow in your trouble, you're wallowing, you're not following Jesus. Because he'll give you a way out. The Bible declares he'll give a, a way out. But we can't grasp what that person has gone through. So many variables. The way that person grew up, you know, the economic situation, abilities, mental abilities, or lack of them. You, you just can't. This is why Jesus said, love. Can I hear him? Amen. And it, it can definitely, it can look unfair, can it? Well, you got five, I got two. I only got one. You know, you know. But here's the thing. The guy with one didn't think much of it. That's an important point. He didn't think much of it. Sometimes we believe, unless I, I can impact lots of people, then it doesn't really matter. You know, do you understand that most of our life's assignments are small? They're small. They're small. And God's looking at, are you faithful in that little thing? Are you committed? You know, that's a word that people don't like anymore. Committed. I'm committed. I'm committed. You know, there's a guy, he got five. He got two. He got one. What was the real equalizer in there? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. And he says, faithful in a little, he says, you know, it's not bad to get two talents. It's not bad to get one talent. Come on. Come on. He put the breath in your lungs. And he's expecting you, I don't care how small it is. We are going to encourage you. We want to encourage you. Uh, see, I said this last week. It seems like you're always correct. And you're pointing a finger and says, no, I'm rooting you on. I'm encouraging you. If, if, if you don't see the consequences, you're going to keep going on that path. Because that path is easy and broad. And which the Bible declares leads to destruction. But the path of life is narrow and compressed. So that means we're changing as we walk through. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me. Yeah. Oh, man, that was good. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Ah, I, mm. Help me with that thought, Holy Ghost. See how you involve him in your life almost all the time. Again, most of our assignments are small. When you look at the whole Christianity since it started, most everybody's life's assignment is small. I reached the one. But then collectively, <laughs> it's huge. You reach one, you reach one, you reach one, you reach one. Uh, uh, oh, man, everything's doubled. Faithful in a little, faithful in a lot. Faithful in a little, 
faithful in a lot. We got to understand these things. We have to be faithful in the few, in the little things. Amen. It would save people a lot of heartache right from the beginning if they would just be faithful in the little because they'll blow that off and want to be the big thing. Uh, American gospel is the movie star pastor. I'm not a movie star pastor. I live with the sheep. We live with the sheep. And we love it. Small. The big equalizer is faithfulness. Faithfulness in raising your children. That's a bigger assignment than you think. It's ordained of God. And we train them up to know God. Find His purpose for their life. And when they do that, they experience life. That's how we go. That's how it works. Faithful in being a loving spouse, you know. Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Don't answer, maybe. <laughs> Just shake your head. No, baby, that's you're awesome. <laughs> Walking in humility. Walking in loving kindness. To people who don't deserve it. Forgiving people when it's really hard on the flesh. Come on. Come on now. Well, guess what you're doing? You're, you're gaining rewards here. That's, that's, that's it. Eternal rewards by just doing these simple things. You think that you have to be on a platform and then speak to a thousand people. I need to be on TV. I don't like being on TV, but if you would just come to church, then uh, we wouldn't have to have this video. <laughs> Did you hear me? <laughs> we got a spot for you. Come on. <laughs> you know, what is another thing? Developing our heart in the fruit of the Spirit. Asking the Holy Spirit to help us do these things. Because, you know what? We can't do these things on our own strength. And being faithful in your assignment is so vital. That's it. You know, we want to start off big. But you know what God does? He starts off small. After Bible college, we come into this town, and I'm singing, we're going to take this city for Jesus Christ. I'm singing it. I'm shouting it, and you're screaming it. And, just, and then God put the brakes on us to, before we could start here, and we were down at uh, Victory Family Church for 10 years and uh, started in the nursery. In the nursery. In the nursery. Then elementary. Then we are camp counselors in elementary. <laughs> I have to admit, I came late to that because. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have this understanding. We have to have it. 
because we'll overlook a treasure that God put right in our path. Faithful in the little things. Faithful in the little things. Kids, faithful in the little things might mean clean up your room when your mom asks you. It works. That's how it goes. Don't try to lawyer yourself out of it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, but Dad, I'm going to tell you, and then only that, and then that, that. <laughs> Just go do it. Just go do it. What, what, is, what does it really mean here, good and faithful servant? What does that mean? Here's, here's just what I came up with. Good and faithful servant. Good. It means I did my best to follow after God. Start operating in his way, his thoughts. Trying to bring him glory in a situation. That's a good. Faithful. Again, it points, whether you have the five, whether you have the two, whether you have one, none of that's wrong, none of that's bad. Just be faithful with the gifts you got. You see something? You know, Joyce Meyer helped me one time. He's like, take the shopping cart back to the thing. And that was, you know, you shave, you cut yourself, and then you put a little Band-Aid on there or a little toilet paper on there and everything, and, okay, it's good, it's good, and you throw it, and you miss the basket. I used to walk away from that. But Joyce Meyer's like, go pick that up. <laughs> so I'm getting good at it. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it because these things have to come to our attention. If we, don't, if we just ignore it, then we're missing out on what he is asking us to do. You might get a reward for picking up the trash. <laughs> a servant, again, good and faithful servant. We're stewards of what he gave us. And he has blessed us. We live in the most prosperous country on the planet. We have liberties right now that other countries don't. Scott Fletcher over there in Reach Ministry. They can be executed for preaching the gospel. They see us gathering like that, we'd all go to prison. Labor camp. We just got to be thankful and grateful for what we have because we have a lot. A servant, it, it means being willing to sacrifice what I want for the help of someone else. Sacrifice our comfort, sacrifice our convenience. We want to honor God with our lives. We want to just kind of throw out our personal agenda and say, do a reset, Lord, in my heart. Help me. Everything for his kingdom. Good, faithful servant. Let's bow our heads. Father, we want to give you honor in this place. We want to declare to you that we truly are servants. 
We're managers of what you have. We're stewards of what you've given to us. We want to recognize the small thing that you're asking us so we can be faithful in it. And we want to build from there. When we stand before you, Lord, we don't want to be ashamed. We want to stand before you with confidence, knowing that we did our best, Lord. It doesn't mean perfect. We did our best. Because there's only one perfect, and he's the one who died for your sins. His name is Jesus Christ, and he shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. It's not just what you did. It's because, see, you're born with a nature that is fallen, and you need to be born again, born of his spirit. And when you're born of his spirit, the Bible declares you're justified. You're justified in the courts of heaven because we're going to stand in the courts of heaven and you want to hear, I'm innocent. <laughs> if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you're still under a condemnation, the Bible declares. And the only way to come out from underneath that is through Jesus Christ. He is a savior. He is a deliverer. If anybody in here is ready to give their life to Christ, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it. We'll say a prayer, and then you'll join us as children of the living God and start to operate with the mind of the Spirit rather than the mind of the flesh. Father, move upon our hearts, not just now, but every waking moment. I ask you to speak to us Speak to us through your word in any other way that you see fit. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.